Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam, it's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Na, 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 come on! Welcome to the Geek Check. For those who are new, we will be dropping our podcast Monday nights, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So much is popping in the NBA, but we have some things to get to. We've got Defensive Player of the Year, quote-unquote, Ben Simmons decides he doesn't want to play defense or do anything anymore in practice. Then he gets kicked out. Then he gets suspended for a game. Apparently, he is terrified of the Philadelphia fan base, which, you know, I totally get. (laughs) I get that. Kyrie now is suspended from all team activities himself until him and the Moderna vaccine get acquainted. Uh, So to scratch scratch his competitive itch, he's now playing flag football instead of professional basketball. And then now the Nets without Kyrie Irving, even though everybody and their mom thinks that the Nets are going to be great, Without Kyrie, looked absolutely trash against the Bucks, getting their doors blown out on opening night. And Kevin Durant, after the game, said we've been fighting uphill all game long, which apparently, I think, if you ask me, is a little bit of a shot to Kyrie Irving not being there. Hey, one of our All-Stars is not going to be here with the team. It's going to be an uphill battle. And, of course, of course, just like every smart person in the NBA circle could have predicted, Russell Westbrook is not a great fit. For the Lakers. <laughs> He's shocker. Oh, woo, woo, woo. Russell Westbrook and the Lakers don't fit. Apparently, everyone forgot, LeBron included, that LeBron needs to be surrounded with shooters. Russell Westbrook is not a capable or effective shooter, and without the ball, Russell Westbrook looks lost, stagnant, confused. And truthfully, useless. Now, like, everybody's going off and saying, Russell Westbrook needs to be benched. Russell Westbrook makes $45 million. He's got to come off the bench. Like, folks, it shouldn't have taken you any time to know this. But it, it did. It did. People had to see it for themselves to believe. Trista, they didn't believe me, but I was right. But that is not what the show is about. We have to get into Western Conference previews. The conference is loaded. I've got things to say. Let's break them down in order of the teams most likely to make noise and which are headed for the lottery once again. So let's get into it. L.A. Lakers predicted win total 52 and a half. What a joke. What an absolute joke. Brock, why did the Lakers trade for Russell Westbrook? Like, I really don't know what they were trying to do. The formula... For LeBron James is always to just surround him with shooters. And the last time I checked, Russell Westbrook is not a shooter. He is a, what I call a chucker. A bona fide chucker. And when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he is basically Ben Simmons. He's just out there floating in the universe like a random asteroid just in space. So 
that begs the question, like, what is Russ going to do at the end of games? Where is he going to be? What is he going to be doing? Pouting. If Frank Vogel was smart, Russell Westbrook would be drinking Gatorade at the end of games. That's what he would be doing. He would be not playing basketball, but not only is Frank not that guy, LeBron is that guy, and, you know, somehow they want Russell Westbrook and LeBron and AD to all be on the court together. This thing's not going to work. Like, they've got multiple players on this team they are going to be starting who wouldn't even crack a rotation in a playoff run for 10 teams, and those guys are getting meaningful Laker purple and gold minutes? You mean to tell me this is going to work out, folks? New reports are that LeBron, are han- LeBron and AD are handling rotation decisions. That's what you want. Your star player to make all the rotation decisions. This is the quote. The Lakers will definitely start AD, LeBron, and Russell Westbrook. But Frank Vogel says the team hasn't decided on the other two players who will join them. A bunch of veteran minimum guys who are veteran minimum guys for a reason. He outlined how those decisions will be made after the recent practice. I mean, come on. I want to believe. I really do. I really don't want to believe, but I don't want to look silly. Because LeBron James always makes people look silly when they doubt him. For some reason, LeBron wants to make his championship runs as hard as humanly possible. Russ, Braun, AD are hard enough to design offensive sets for. So I don't know. Why not sign someone like Dwight Howard in the mix? Or Mello? And I don't mean LaMelo, who would be absolutely electric on this team. I mean Carmelo. Big difference between La Mello and Carmelo. This team is stinky without AD or LeBron. They really are. Like, if either one of them gets injured, which, let's be honest, it's happened once or twice in the last few years. AD's been hurt. Braun's been hurt. Braun looks great. He didn't play basketball for two months. He didn't touch a basketball for two months. He looks lean. He looks good. He's the ageless wonder. AD is probably less healthy than Braun. The only thing that's keeping me from saying this team isn't going to make the playoffs is just LeBron James. That's it. We saw that the Lakers lost to the Warriors in opening night in Staples Center. All of that to say this team fucking sucks. Projection, 49 wins in a five seed. And honestly, that's even gross enough. Like, I, they could be a seven or an eight. They could be a nine. I mean, this team is garbage. Moving on. Utah Jazz, <laughs> bet MGM win total 52 and a half. Hey, the Jazz are going to win a lot of regular season games this year. They are dynamic. They've got Spider. They've got Conley. They've got a defensive player in the, of the year in Rudy Gobert. They're going to shoot a ton of threes. Jordan Clarkson's very fun, very exciting. The fan base is spirited, I guess, is a way of describing them. But But ultimately, ultimately, the fan base can't do a goddamn thing to prevent them from throwing all over themselves, throwing up all over themselves in the playoffs. They gave up a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets two years ago. They were up 
25-plus points to the Clippers without Kawhi. They gave that up. Donovan Mitchell hasn't been healthy. Mike Conley, he's been in and out of the lineup. They've got guys on the perimeter who are old and overpaid that they cannot trade, who cannot rotate over on defense when a team like the Clippers comes in and they shoot a bunch of threes at an alarming pace, and they also slash and kick out, and Rudy Gobert is a statue. He doesn't, he doesn't do a goddamn thing in the playoffs to help this team. Truthfully, truthfully, if they wanted to really make a title run, they would get rid of Rudy Gobert and send him elsewhere. That is my stance. They are the best regular season team in the league by, like, miles. They're going to be chasing wins because they need that fucking spirited home court advantage. Those racists. Mormons, probably. Not drinking coffee. Getting, getting all hyped up on life. On Mormonism. All of that to say, Brock, 58 wins and the two seed. Phoenix Suns are next. The team that I think is the best in the West. By a long shot. BetMGM win total, 51.5. The Suns are being slept on. They are. Like, they were one of the most balanced teams in the league last year. They got better with the additions of JaVale McGee, Landry Shamet. And then they extended Landry Shamet. He's staying. They are a monster on defense. They are a team that can get out fast in transition if they want. Mikel Bridges is a monster in transition. But with Chris Paul, they're patient enough to run the ball annoyingly up the floor slow and grind teams down as Chris Paul backs people down like in the half court. Literally, Chris Paul puts his booty into people in the half court like 15 feet behind the three-point line. Like that's what they do. They are disciplined. They don't turn the ball over. They can shoot a shitload of threes. I said they play defense, right? They are a monster on defense. And they can get buckets everywhere. Like, DeAndre Ayton can get buckets. Mikael Bridges can get buckets. Like, Jay Crowder game. When Jay Crowder has his game, he can shoot buckets. We already know Devin Booker is a bucket. Campaign is a bucket. Like, there are a ton of good players on this roster. The thing that will take them over the top, in my opinion, in terms of winning this West and being the likely candidate to win and go to the finals again is that nobody's giving them any credit. Like, everybody is saying, like, it's the Lakers. It's the Lakers to lose, which is just absolutely horseshit. They just went to the finals, and everybody just keeps talking about Lakers, 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 LeBron, AD, Russ, Big Three. Like, no. Chris Paul, if Chris Paul can stay healthy and DeAndre Ayton stays the identity that DeAndre Ayton is and he's not pissed, I mean, he should be pissed. Right now, DeAndre Ayton is being disrespected by the Suns organization. They did not give him an extension. They couldn't get the max money done. They don't want to give him max money. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. It's not good. But if DeAndre Ayton says, fuck you, I'm going to get my points. If I'm crowded in a lane, I'm not going to kick out. I'm just going to dunk because you know what? I need to get 28, 30 points a game in order to justify Robert Sarver and James Jones paying me max money. If that's the case, that's a rut row. That's the main risk. DeAndre Ayton's, we'll call it happiness level. His happiness level is the key to this team either going back to the finals and being a buzzsaw or underperforming. But my prediction, all that to say, my projection, 61 wins, one seed. They're going to need 61 wins. Why? Because they're not only thinking about the West. 
they're thinking about what it's going to take in the finals to have home court advantage. Because I tell you what, playing the Bucks at Pfizer Forum, loud, deer park, Giannis, fans doing the things that they do, like that's not good. They need, they need the number one team in basketball to give themselves a shot to win it all. Dallas Mavericks, win total, 48 and a half. This is a sleeper team, man. Jason Kidd got a lot of bad press from that Giannis book. People do not realize that Jason Kidd is the reason that Giannis is who Giannis is. And when they fired Jason Kidd, Giannis was ready to go to ownership to try to prevent Jason Kidd from actually being fired. That's how much Giannis loves Jay Kidd. So what does that mean now that he's the coach of the, of the Mavs? doesn't mean that he's going to be the, a Luka whisperer. It means he's going to be the Kristaps Porzingis whisperer. He's already gone overseas. They've been seen at some random internet cafe sharing a dopio espresso or whatever it is that they were eating, some like sort of pastry. He's Chris Asperzingas has been maybe the most happy that we've ever seen him since he was drafted. He looks like he's there to stay. They're committing to him. They've signed Reggie Bullock, who is a snipe shooter in the corner when Luka needs to do one of his crazy passes. He drives, he dishes in the most remarkable ways. Reggie Bullock is going to be a beneficiary of that. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a beneficiary of that. And if KP can stay healthy, it's a big if, and he's 15% better on defense and offense than he was last year, then look out. Luka could be a legit MVP contender. And the Mavs could be a legit surprise team out West. They almost beat the Clippers with Kawhi. Projection, 51 wins and the three seed. What? What? That's a surprise. Where are the Lakers? Five seed. They are five seeds. Golden State Warriors, win total, 48 and a half. They did look good on opening night, sort of. Steph didn't. Golden State fans are delusional, and thus Vegas is delusional. 48 and a half wins is, I would just say, a little optimistic, if I was being honest. Klay Thompson is not walking through that door until at least Christmas, maybe as late as February. When he does return, what's it going to look like? You think he's going to look like, you know, snipe shooter Clay, like lockdown defender Clay? It's been two years. He literally tore his ACL and he tore his Achilles. Like, that's a John Wall two-year process. He's not going to just be that guy. But everybody seems to think he's going to be that guy. Outside of Draymond and, Gray, uh, and Steph, this team has who? Who? Jordan Poole? Like, that's who, we're, that's who we're setting our stars on, huh? Jordan Poole. Wiseman is still hurt. Kaminga, they're the future of this franchise, as they call him, come buckets. Uh, he's banged up. I'm not supposed to call him come buckets, but I just like to. Uh, they didn't bring in any veterans outside of Andre Iguodala. Like, the team is asking and begging, please help us. Help us win now while Steph is still in his prime. And they did not. They got – the big move was Otto Porter, which you know, Brock. You live in D.C. Otto Porter is – they tried to say Otto Porter, Steph, and Clay are the best three shooting trio in Warriors history. The disrespect <laughs> – to Kevin Durant, I tell you what. But the good news is, for Warriors fans, for the fans of basketball, is that Steph Curry, in order for this dog shit team to be able to compete on a night-to-night basis outside of game one, because they inexplicably beat a Lakers team that, as I told you, was, was trash. 
They beat them without Steph doing a goddamn thing. Steph had one of the worst performances in, we'll call it a couple of seasons. He was, what, three for eight or two for eight from three. He was like six for 21. He said he played like trash and they still won. But all of that to say, Steph is going to need to be Batman every single night. He's going to be MVP Steph in order for them to even be at 500 when Klay Thompson comes back. That's what they need to be in order for them to at least be able to sniff, scratch the playoffs. Don't forget, they haven't made the playoffs since KD left, so just saying. Projection, 44 wins, 7 seed. 7, I said it. Denver Nuggets, win total from Vegas, from BetMGM, it's 47 and a half. Denver's a very fun, very flawed team. I mean, this in this offseason, they paid both Aaron Gordon, MPJ, and now they don't have Jamal Murray. Uh, people are going to miss him the entire 2021-20 season. Uh, I can't see this team doing much damage in the postseason. They're going to be fun. They're going to have a lot of regular season wins, mostly because of Nikola Jokic, and he's incredible. But who do they have in the backcourt? They got Monte Morris. They got Austin Rivers. This team has hit their ceiling in the bubble. Aaron Gordon is not a key piece to help anchor the defense like they'd like you to believe. Truthfully, they should have never given the bag to Aaron Gordon. They should have given the bag to Jeremy Grant. Things haven't been the same since he left and they left Disneyland. So I think there's a lot of people thinking that Denver could be a sleeper team. I would call them not a contender. A step below contender, very fun. But truthfully, the West is very weak. So they could end up being a four seed, which I is what I have them, 49 wins in the four seed. But they could also be a six seed or a seven seed. Very easily possible given the fact that they looked very bad last season at times, mostly because they have a backcourt of guys who were cut from franchises or played in the G League, or sat on their couch, and now those guys get meaningful playoff minutes. Clippers. Bet MGM win total 45 and a half. I think that's pretty spot on. Without Kawhi, nobody's really expecting them to do much, which I think is probably the best for them. They are absolutely awful when the world thinks that they should win it all. They're better gritty. Paul George is already saying, like, things on Twitter about how, you know, 90% of the people who criticize me can't do what I do. And it's like, Paul George, let me just give you a little heads up here, buddy. No, 100% of the people who criticize you can't do what you do, literally. And if they could, they can't do it anymore or they would be doing it right now. No current player that can do what you do would be talking about the game when they can be playing the game. And second of all, food critics aren't chefs. So fuck off. Respectfully. Respectfully fuck off. Um, Losing Patrick Beverly is a bigger blow than they would like to admit. They have shooters everywhere. They get to the rim. They have the ability to defend and lock in, but Patrick Beverly losing him was obviously like... uh, He was the gritty part of the defense. He got up in a guy's faces. He was the one who basically broke Devin Booker. Like, he was the reason there. He's an irritant. Uh, the questions that I have about this team is, can they take another step? Are they going to be able to deal with the loss of Kawhi for an entire season with 
whereas they just had him for a few without him for a few games in the playoffs. Is Paul George going to be that floor general? Is he going to be able to be that superstar that he was in Indianapolis when he was leading the Pacers? What about Reggie Jackson? Is Reggie Jackson going to be the Reggie that he was in the playoffs, or is he kind of the guy that was cut from the Detroit Pistons? What about John Wall? I heard rumors John Wall was going to be taking a buyout and going to L.A. A lot of big questions. Terrence Mann, I really like him. But was he a flash in the pan in the playoffs, or is he actually a real piece? Do they have depth to win random games in February? Do they give a shit about random games in February? My, my probably opinion on that is no, probably not. But despite all the issues in the roster, despite that they're the little brother franchise that nobody cares about, despite that they have a star who is one of the most insecure NBA players in the association, despite that, what they have is great coaching. Ty Lue is a phenomenal coach, maybe one of the best coaches in the league, and Jerry West is going to make moves. Jerry West is one of the best talent evaluators in our generation. Guarantee guys that he has put in place to draft like he did with Terrence Mann, are going to develop early. And that means, both of those things mean anything there is possible. Projection, 46 wins and the sixth seed. Portland Trailblazers, bet MGM win total has us at 44 and a half wins. Oh, Brock. All Dame wants is some help. Anyone, someone. Me and CJ, we can't do it alone. Nurk, he's not really locked in. He's got a new agent. He wants big money. And then he kicked and screamed. He said I would leave. I would maybe be traded. I might force a trade. I got four years left on my deal. Blah, 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 blah. And you would think that would instill some sort of urgency. And what did management do? They gave him Cody Zeller. Larry Nance Jr., and Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook! Quinn Cook is my height! No shade to Quinn Cook. Virginia native. Quinn Cook is my height. We have some other scrubs I don't even remember. I don't even remember. So much for appeasing a young star player. The, the best player in Portland Trailblazers history. And you give him Cody Zeller? Cody Zeller broke his nose. Broke his own damn nose before the games even began. Before the season, he's that clumsy. You gave him that guy? And you think that's enough to win the title? You gave him Chauncey Billups and those guys and said, Chauncey and Dame, figure it out. It's rude. It's rude. Thankfully, Giannis did a solid for every small market team, Portland included. He won a title, and now the rest of the teams in small markets think that is possible for them. And that is a lie. Portland is not Milwaukee, I promise you that. Different management, different aggression in terms of trades and drafts and some luck. We don't have Giannis. We have Dame. No shade to Dame. I love Dame. He's my favorite player in the entire league. But he is not Giannis. We'll see about whether we play defense. We were the worst defense in the league last year. And it was a historically bad year for defense in the NBA, given how many back-to-backs and the shortened schedule and COVID and all that. So we literally were the worst defense maybe ever in history last year. Maybe ever. So will Chauncey Billups fix the defense? I don't know. We will see if he can coach. He is a first-year coach. 
We'll see if he can coach. Dame loves him. And that actually might be the only thing that matters is to keep Dame around and just have us die a slow, miserable death of mediocrity. Just drip, drip, drip as Dame Lillard wastes his legendary prime away for loyalty. What's Portland's upside? Our upside is a second-round sweep. That is our upside. That is literally our ceiling, which is absolutely gross. Projection, 43 wins and either the eighth or the ninth seed. That means we are a play-in team for those who are not doing the math. Memphis Grizzlies bet MGM win total 41 and a half. Ja, how good is Ja Morant? That is really going to be the question that helps you decide how good the Memphis Grizzlies are. The truth is, he's very good. If he takes another step, which he did in the playoffs and in the play-in tournament at the end of the season as well, he is a superstar. Look out. Memphis could be dangerous. Nobody wants to play Memphis in May. I promise you that. Portland didn't want to play him in the bubble two years ago. Golden State certainly didn't want to play them at the end. I mean, they bounced Golden State out of the playoffs. They're long. They're athletic. They're deep. DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman off the bench, probably the best second unit in the NBA. Jaron Jackson just got paid. They locked him up with a long-term deal. Losing Valanchunas hurts for sure. It does open up the offense, though, for Jaron Jackson. Can Jaron Jackson stay healthy, though? Like, is he that good? I don't know. But replacing him with Steven Adams does bring some rim protection, some intensity, some... He's a tough guy. He's one of the toughest dudes in the NBA. So can he get Jaron Jackson to be as tough as him? That's really the question. I think this team is still learning. I think veterans have an advantage in close games, but, man, they are fun. And who knows? They could surprise everybody. Projection, 43 wins, just like the Blazers in the 8th and ninth seed. New Orleans Pelicans, 39.5 projected wins. Zion, 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 Zion. There are four issues facing the Pelicans this year. Those are the issues. It's all about Zion. It's his third straight year, and he still hasn't been healthy one time. And he has not ever been in shape. There are new news reports coming out that he's over 300 pounds right now. Let me just say it again. There are news reports coming from inside. Shh. Inside the Pelicans organization, that Zion, shh, Zion is 300 pounds. He was overweight at 285. Another 15 pounds on top of the fact that he just had elective foot surgery. By the way, he didn't tell the team about that until it was already done. Hey, uh, David Griffin, just uh, just got to tell you something for a second. Just can you... uh. Can you stop playing the piano for a second? Just hold on. Um, yeah, I went to the hospital a couple of months ago, got my fifth metatarsal, uh, got some surgery on it. Probably not going to play the first, I don't know, maybe one or two games. No, Zion, you're not going to play for months, buddy. You're not even running right now. You're not even running right now. And you know what you're doing? You're right, Brock. You're right. He's eating. He's eating his feelings right now. Do you know how depressing it is to be a basketball player? You can't run, let alone jump, let alone b- bounce a ball, let alone do any of the quick burst activities that you want to do. I mean, shit. Obviously, you can't dunk if you can't run. What are you doing? Beignets? 
You know, I love beignets. They are good. Gumbo, jambalaya, rice. Holy shit. And he's just sitting there, not moving, and eating, and eating, and eating. And he turns in to that kid from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory that gets stuck in the tube. That's going to be him. Augustus Gloob. That's him. That's why you are the man. But now... And also, by the way, Zion doesn't play defense, obviously. Why doesn't he play defense? Because Zion is fat. Fat people don't like to work more than they need to work. It's hard. It's hard work moving when your body's that big. You're out of shape. You're always broken. Listen, dunks and spin moves and passes and jump shots are fun. Playing defense, getting back on defense is hard, and it's not fun. It's so not fun that he's already had multiple defensive-oriented coaches fired because who wants to defend when your superstar who's fat won't get back on defense and defend? So now you've got a GM that nobody trusts, a head coach that no one knows how he's going to be, and I like Willie Green. He's good. you got ownership that's cheap as hell. An injury star player, injury prone star player who doesn't even want to be in New Orleans. He's already said, you know, it would be so nice to play for the Garden. You know, I love Madison Square Garden. This is my favorite place to play. And they're like, hey, Zion, that means you don't like Smoothie King. Oh, I do like Smoothie King. I like smoothies. You know, he likes smoothies. <laughs> Let's see. This team's a fucking disaster, Brock. This team isn't better than last year. And last year, they were a train wreck. Poor Willie Green. It's going to be like Steven Silas. Remember when Steven Silas was the head coach first year of the Houston Rockets? They lost 19 straight games, and he had to bring his ass up to the podium every day. And he's like, listen, you keep asking me the same stuff, but I don't know why we're losing. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Don't ask me. We're losing a lot of games. We're not good. We don't have a good roster. And he just looked so sad, and he was in such a bad spot. That is now Willie Green. Projection time. 35 wins. Nowhere close to the playoffs. And maybe even worse, honestly. Honestly, especially given that Zion doesn't like minutes restriction. He's going to get him, and he might just end up declining his rookie contract. Sacramento Kings bet MGM win total 36 and a half. If they didn't have bad ownership and they didn't have bad coaching, then Sacramento Kings bet MGM win total of 36 and a half. This roster is very talented. If they didn't have bad ownership and they didn't have worse coaching, who knows? Also, do they need Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, and De'Aaron Fox? It doesn't make a ton of sense. They're also now benching Marvin Bagley, their number two overall pick, and telling him that they're not going to trade him. They're just going to sit his ass on the bench so that he gets less money when his contract comes up because that's in his contract. That's thinking. That's how very cheap franchises keep things afloat. Luke Walton still is coasting on that one season where Steve Kerr had that back issue and he was coaching literally one of the best franchises in NBA history. That's what he's coasting on, that reputation. He's 70 games under 500. Let me just say it again. 
because it, it's alarming. He is, in his coaching tenure, 70 games under 500, which means he loses 70 games less than 50% of the time. 90% of the time it works never. And this includes 12 games under 500 with a team that included Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Reggie Bullock, and the GOAT, Alex Crusoe, and of course, LeBron James. Like, this is a team that had LeBron James on the floor. And the only reason that he hasn't been fired is because of how his contract was structured, which means they would have to pay him, if they fired him, the entire lump sum of what he was owed versus doing a buyout or stretching it over a period of time. And they are such a shitty franchise, and they're so cheap, and they're so poor that they keep bad players and bad coaches around to save money. They do have a ton of talent, like I said. Davion Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald. They even, like, did they, – they threw out four guards on the floor. Like, we'll see how that works, like, against the Toronto Raptors, who have guys that are, like, all, all fours. Uh, we'll see. So – Fun, fun roster. Going to be nice to watch him on a Tuesday night. But I do think there will be a huge trade to shake things up. Maybe uh, Buddy Heald will get traded. He's not happy. Harrison Barnes isn't happy. We know Marvin Bagley's not happy. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Ben Simmons in Sacramento. Prediction. Projection, prediction. Prediction. 38 wins and nowhere close to the playoffs. Minnesota Timberwolves. Bet MGM win total 35 and a half. That is hate. That is real haterade. Um, considering that Minnesota did fire their GM, Gerson Rosas, the day before the new season. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, pretty much like a, what Minnesota does. Dysfunction. Function. What's your function? Um, things would actually be seeming like business as usual. The usual business in Minnesota is sucking. But, listen, there are some interesting things going on here. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of things happening. And Chris Finch, new head coach, is smart as hell. They have a new electric star, Ant Edwards. And he's already grown two inches in the offseason. He's grown two inches this offseason, and he's like 6'8". You've got Carl Anthony Towns, D'Lo, Okoji, and Leandro Balmero. This team is going to score. I don't know if they're going to play defense. Don't ask me that. Don't ask me that question. Don't ask me if Carl Anthony Towns is any tougher than he was pre-pandemic. I don't know. I hope he is. Apparently, um, Jimmy Butler calls him as soft as baby shit. So that tells you how tough he is. They're going to have a lot of trouble staying in games. But this team is one piece away from being a team that no one wants to see at any time of any year. And they had quality wins last year that made me hopeful. Projection, 40 wins in the play-in tournament. San Antonio Spurs, bet MGM, win total 28 and a half. Let's face it, the Spurs are a team no one cares about. They're the Indiana Pacers of the West. They're missing over half of the points that they they are. They're the minutes. They are literally the Indiana Pacers of the West. Like, you, It's just the Alamo and the River. And, and that's it. I did get, though, uh, attacked by uh, a group of fire ants right outside of their arena. So that was lit, I guess. That was like the most action I had the entire time I was in San Antonio. This team is not going to be fun. It's going to be gross. The roster's ugly. 
Popovich is one foot out the door. Are they going to hire Becky Hammond? Just do it now. Just do it now. Apparently, they're thinking about hiring some other coach, not her, which would be real disrespectful. They do have Kelton Johnson. He did get better in the Olympics. I like him. They got rid of DeMar and Rudy Gay and Patty Mills, which is, I don't, I guess that was fine. Derek White averaged four, 15 and a half points last year. DeJounte Murray, he's been healthy. He's very fun. They're young. They're not really dangerous. They're like as dangerous as a water gun, where it kind of looks like it might be dangerous, and then water comes out. They're going to win games as underdogs. They'll probably cover. Like, they're not going to win a lot of games. They're going to cover a lot of games. Will they make the play-in tournament? No. Absolutely not. Should they be fun to watch? Also, no. Like, you shouldn't watch this team. You shouldn't even pay attention to this team. This is probably the last time I'm going to even talk about this dog shit team until Greg Popovich retires and then we have a coaching search to talk about. Projection, 33 wins and the lottery. And it could be 25 wins, to be honest. Houston Rockets. Woo-wee! Bet MGM win total 27 and a half. They are fun. They are so fun. Houston Rockets went from the sad sack of the NBA last year post-Harden trade, even during the Harden trade. That thing was just so weird. You had P.J. Tucker, like, fighting, and DeMarcus Cousins, like, going after one another, and, like, P.J. Tucker ended up being bought out, and, like, does Eric Gordon want to stay? And Harden's like, this team is just not good enough to compete. And when he left, we saw that's true. Remember, Steven Silas, 19 straight games in a row that they lost. Literally, one of their top players last year was not only cut from the Cleveland Cavaliers for throwing food in the locker room. That's facts. He also was a G League player. Like So that guy is now one of the cornerstones of this franchise. But yet I am still high on them. They brought in Jalen Green, Alperin Shangoon, Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher through the draft, all top 24 picks. They added those to a collection of talent with Kevin Porter Jr., Soup Man, as I like to call him. Soup Man, Soup Man. He's a bucket, he's a bucket, he's a bucket. That's what they always say on TikTok. Do not come after Kevin Porter Jr. He is a bucket. And it's like, okay, Jesus Christ. All right, cool. So that's where that joke comes from. He's a bucket, he's a bucket, he's a bucket. Kenyon Martin Jr., who I love, and Jay Sean Tate. They did get Christian Wood in 2020. They have eight players on the roster, 21 or younger, which means this team will lose a lot of games. They will. They are not experienced enough to win games, but they will be closer than last year. And Jalen Green is going to be musty TV. Him, and he's a bucket, he's a bucket, he's a bucket. Kevin Porter Jr. together to Christian Wood with the alley-oop. Usman Garuba, Alperin Shangun. These guys are fun as fuck. This is my, this is my league pass team of the year. They will score a lot of points, and they will lose games in exciting fashion. Projection, 31 wins. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. It doesn't really matter. No playoffs in sight, probably a lottery team, but good for them. Finally, Oklahoma City Thunder. What do I need to say? They want to lose. 23 and a half projected wins. They want to lose all the games. They really do. It's Sam Presti's committed to just acquiring as many future first-rounders as humanly possible. Like, I don't want the guy. I want the rights to the guy who is in second grade right now. Literally. <laughs> My TikTok followers are the pick. 
that Sam Presti is hoping to get. They literally had to change the rules on how many, how forward you could trade draft picks because Sam Presti's like, yo, I'll take your 2040 first rounder. <laughs> what about 2100? You good with the, I'll, I'll trade you the second rounder from 2024. And for, so you can give me back four first rounders in 2099, 2100, and 2101. And they were like, no, 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 no. You can only do seven, seven years out. And that was why. Because he was literally just taking first-rounders from now until the end. I mean, the NBA won't even exist by the time these first-rounders come to fruition. They will be a blast. I love Lou Dort. I really do. I like Shea Gildress-Alexander. And, you know, Josh Giddy. he's a stud. He's very fun. He is a great follow on TikTok. We got into a little scuffle this weekend, but ain't no thing but a chicken wing. A lot of people were mad about that. Lost some followers. Sorry about that. Derek Favors, they added. And, you know, Derek Favors isn't going to do anything. He's just part of the, I'm acquiring first-rounders. I'll take your old, overpaid guys, put them on a salary that has well below the cap, put them on because we don't need to worry about it, and you give us a bunch of first-rounders. That's what happened. So they literally changed uh, everything. I think they will be fun. They have Lou Dort, Gabby Deck, uh, Darius Baisley, Trey Mann, a lot of hoopers. They started the season 10-12 and last year. But they ended up with only 22 wins. So this is one of those situations where I do not care how many games they win. They're going to be fun. They're going to put up buckets, and Lou Dort will be a clamps machine. Prediction. I don't know, 15 wins? Prediction, 15 wins, bottom of the barrel lottery, probably end up with the next greatest Hooper that they trade for the next greatest Hooper. Uh, that is all that we have for the NBA previews on Friday. We'll get on all the news from the first week, so please join us early Friday morning. I'm recording that ASAP. Please do not forget to follow us at Trista Crick and at This Heat Check on TikTok and download, subscribe. Please give us a rating on Spotify and Apple. The NBA is back. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.